The Long Point Biosphere Region proudly presents the In Sync with Nature podcast series about people's personal connection to nature, their sense of well-being in it, and their responsibility to care for it. The series was funded by the Ontario Trillium Foundation and the Government of Ontario and is sponsored by Groundswell Coworking of Simcoe, Ontario. The podcast you are about to hear is hosted by Wes Wilson. Well, hello there. My name is Wes, and I'm going to be your host for this series. I'm born and raised within the Biosphere region. I'm someone who loves to learn, be engaged in my community, and make a difference at the same time. Part of my mission is to continue, and in some cases, re-establish sustainable living. Now, what is sustainability? What does this word we hear so often in our daily lives more and more frequently really mean? What does this term represent? This journey I'm undertaking is to find out what this word really means to the people living within the Long Point World Biosphere region and beyond. On this episode of In Sync With Nature, we are going to explore together the garbage crisis from what we see around us every day to the bigger underlying causes. As a resident myself of the Long Point Biosphere region, I want to know who is actually littering. Why have we become so lazy and leave traces behind when we spend time in nature? Keeping beautiful spaces clean shouldn't be that hard, but for some people, it seems like an impossible task. Or is it a deeper systemic issue? Let's find out whose garbage it is, why humans do it, and why we're ashamed of admitting it. Isn't your garbage our garbage? Garbage is everywhere. I see litter along the side of the road on my way to work. When I hike in my free time, I see things that just don't belong. It seems simple to me. Pick up after yourself. But in reality, it seems to be a bit more complex. I went to meet with Matt a local activist, a garbage fairy of some sort. She walks the local trails and busy roads to pick up trash. She is on a mission to help our community look better. To learn more, I spoke to her to find out if she knows who is leaving the garbage behind. In the park, from the people that come to fish, it's water bottles, cigarette butts, Tim Hortons cups. Um, For people that are walking, sometimes it's their beer cans. Again, Tim Hortons cups, it's just whatever they can't be bothered to carry, they just drop, thinking that there is some magical forest fairy that is going to come and pick it up, which is not the conservation authority because they don't have the human power to do that work. Who do you think is leaving this garbage behind when they're coming through this gorgeous gorgeous park? I think it's people that don't realize that they're in other species living room. I don't think they would go to their friends' houses and toss their garbage on their living room floor, but they seem to feel like it's okay to do it out here. Um, I think that they don't realize that they are part of nature, not separate from it. And without a healthy ecosystem, there is no human species either. So it's people that are just not very aware. And when you say it's not pe- uh, people who are not aware, what do you what do you mean by that? Can we build on that a bit more? 
think it's people that are entitled and privileged, actually. Um, they just don't seem to stop and think about the consequences of their behavior. They drop their plastic bottle or their glass bottle. They don't think what's going to happen. Or right now, a big problem is all the PPE that's everywhere. You'll find masks and nobody seems to stop to think about what, what's going to happen if an animal gets trapped in that, if a bird gets trapped in that. It's going to get hurt. And it's the lack of thought of consequences. It's, again, it's, it's that privileged behavior that we are here to use and abuse the earth as much as we would like. Um, well, she's kicking our ass right now. The pandemic is a warning, I think. And um, I think we need to smarten up and honor the earth. It's the only planet we have. And if we don't, um, things are just gonna get worse for humans. And what do you do with this garbage that you find in the trails? After I stop cursing the people, I, uh, <laughs> I certainly recycle what I can recycle. Um, and that's a whole other ball game, right? That, I mean, the recycling just isn't what it could be. And again, that's political. It's lack of motivation. It's lack of priority. Uh, so um, the cans, if it's a beer can, it goes in my kayak fund. Um, and the rest goes in the garbage cans wherever I can. I usually, if I've been doing a huge big cleanup on a road, I take it to the arena dumpster and dump it in there. And I usually tag, because I'm on Instagram as an activist, and I usually tag the council, the councillors, and let them know that this is what I'm doing. So you just mentioned there that you're an activist. What are some of the things that you do involving garbage in, uh, in the activist world? Well, I make little signs. I pick up people's cigarette butts and I make little signs saying, hey, is this yours? Please stop littering. I will use chalk on the sidewalks, um, on fence railings, on posts, just to try and raise awareness, to just get people to stop and think about it. There's a lot of great hashtags like don't be a flicking idiot that you can use. Just things that maybe will help people or cause people to stop and think. Because there's not enough of that that goes on. I wonder what she does with all the garbage that she collects and why she does what she does. I think most of us are better at walking by the garbage than actually picking it up. It is unfortunately acceptable behavior it seems. So yeah, I saved the really cool stuff, the bits of metal, the, um, one of my favorites are the end caps from the mountain bikers handlebars. When they crash, they don't necessarily stop to pick up the pieces. So I save those and I glue everything or screw everything together and I make birds, um, different sort of animals, creatures, just um, to, yeah, for fun and to make some money. And again, it's, when we are able to do pop-up shows, it gives me an opportunity to stand on my soapbox and actually raise awareness and educate people about pollution and the health of the earth. Now, when you pick up garbage and recycling that you find all over the place that you go to, how does that make you feel when you do that? And what does it make you feel about society as a whole? I do what I do for the earth. I do it for the young of all the species. I curse humans a lot for their lack of care, but I'm quite happy doing the work. I mean, you could be doing this work 24 seven. There's so much garbage. 
I was kind of hoping for a different answer, to be honest. The thing that bothers me the most is the fact that it is not like we don't know. It's not like we do not understand and don't get it. It is in front of our face on a daily basis, impacting our environment. What if we could all be part of the solution rather than part of the problem? Sustainability starts with us as individuals picking up our own pieces of garbage, even if you are not the one who put it there in the first place. Culturally, we need to change how we see garbage and litter to start to take action. You're listening to In Sync With Nature, presented by the Long Point Biosphere. Next, I wanted to talk to someone who understands the impact of littering on the environment. From Long Point to Port Dover and everywhere in between, you'll find the most beautiful sandy beaches. The thing is, garbage is there too. I met Christina Sims, the park ambassador for Turkey Point and Long Point Ontario Provincial Parks. It was a busy day at Turkey Point Beaches. Families from all over Ontario were spending a nice day by the water. I was curious to find out how much garbage would typically be left there at the end of a normal day. Let's hear what Christina had to say. So typically on one of our average days, it's two to three bags, like full bags of garbage. And on our busier days, it's even more than that. Why do you think people just throw stuff away like that? I believe it's a learned behavior. So a lot of times people come to the beach and they already see litter here. They take that to mean that it is an accepted action, which unfortunately it is not. <laughs> Considering the amount of garbage that is left behind each day, I asked her what the impact is on our land and water ecosystems. So there are lots of impacts on our local wildlife in particular. So any garbage or litter that ends up on the beach can end up being either consumed by these animals or they can end up all entangled in them and unfortunately usually die a very painful death. As well as it changes the landscape of the environment as well. So by having a certain amount of litter or by making some sort of disturbance in the area, you're stopping any plant life from growing and then have made it into more of a monoculture, meaning there's only one plant life that will really take over the beach. And that makes it very hard for our local wildlife to live in that area. Expand on that a bit more and talk about some of the natural systems that litter destroys. Yes, so I can go into one of our local birds who's very much endangered, we don't see them too much around this area, uh, which is the piping plover. So the piping plover is one of our local shorebirds. He looks a lot like a killdeer, I would say. Uh, and they run around on the beach and they look for certain areas to have their nest and feed their babies later on. And unfortunately, they are very impacted by balloons. So balloons end up blowing in from other places and end up on our beach. And the, and the strings themselves end up getting caught around them or they end up ingesting them. Uh, and this ends up unfortunately either killing the birds or seriously harming them and then they're not able to breed in the same way that they usually are. As their populations are already on the decline, we wanna protect them as much as we can. What are some other natural impacts that litter has? We also have our turtle species around this area and unfortunately they are all on our species at risk list. They unfortunately come up to our beaches looking for a nice place either to lay their eggs 
or to sunbathe for even a little bit. And they end up getting tangled up in different like fishing lines that are say left or different plastic bags they end up munching on. And they just have a really hard time just finding a nice place to lay their eggs and go on later. As well as their young hatching later on get all tangled up in the litter and they're not able to make it to water into safety uh, and end up either dying on the beach or they end up being a snack for any predators. What are the main economic drivers for the region is tourism. How do we balance tourism so that it is truly sustainable in all aspects? Economic, environmental, society, and culture. Can we keep welcoming large amounts of visitors without systems in place? Tourism should bring benefits to host communities and provide an important means and motivation for them to care for and maintain their environmental practices. The cooperation of locals and visitors is necessary to achieve a sustainable tourism industry and enhance the protection of resources for future generations. Yes, these are all questions and only few answers. Maybe it is about slowing down, assessing the impacts of our actions, and start to be part of the solution rather than the problem. Considering what we heard from Matt and Christina through the environmental impacts and what appear to be the cultural norms of littering, I reached out to an expert, Dr. Myra Hearn. She is a professor of environmental studies at Queen's University. I wanted to find out what is at the root of the waste crisis to get a better understanding of what the current situation actually is. Canada is definitely, unquestionably, uh, facing a waste crisis. We are producing a huge amount of waste. We produce more municipal solid waste. That's the waste that we as individuals, as households, as families produce. We produce more municipal solid waste than any other country in the world. We produce more municipal solid waste than, than, the, than Americans do, than uh, any other country. So we are really facing a waste crisis, and we're also facing a crisis of what we're going to do with all of that municipal solid waste. If you take the province of Ontario, for instance, the um, Ontario Waste Management Association has estimated that in about, about seven or so years, all of our current landfills will have been uh, filled to capacity or over capacity. So we're really facing a, we're really facing a, a, a big crisis of the fact that we're that we're producing a lot of waste and we don't really know what to do with it. So uh, it's a it's it's a real crisis and it and it really relates to other uh, other concerns that we have in the environment. For instance, climate change. Uh, there's no doubt that 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 garbage is contributing to our carbon footprint. Uh, it is uh, it is affecting uh, global warming. And so, when we're talking about garbage, we're not just we're we're talking about garbage that material stuff, uh, but we're also it's also important that we realize how much uh, the garbage is really related to other to other uh, concerns, environmental concerns that we have. Well, that, that is just remarkable, the amount of waste. Uh, and why is there so much waste? Well, <laughs> you're asking all the right questions. <laughs> I, and what I'm going to do is before I answer that question, if you'll just allow me a little uh, uh, what's going to seem like a diversion. But I want to put that, I want to put that, 
that 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 statistic that I gave you that we are the world's leading municipal solid waste producer into perspective because the the municipal solid waste that we create in Canada constitutes about no more than at maximum 3% of the waste that Canada produces in total wow yes that, that most is quite of the, the remarkable waste number yes so uh, at a minimum, it's it, it it's really quite difficult to get um, uh, completely accurate statistics because we don't know very much about, for instance, military waste, etc., like munitions waste and that sort of thing. But the absolute vast bulk of waste that we produce in Canada comes from indus- uh, industries. So we're talking about the oil and gas industries, the mining industries, and manufacturing industries they produce by absolute far the 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 uh, the most amount of waste and typically the most toxic forms of waste so but this is the waste that we don't really see so we're really focused on things like like littering things like uh municipal solid waste because that's the waste that we encounter on a daily basis and that's the waste that, that sort of we're confronted with um the the most the other types of waste tend to uh, be created in more remote areas, um, sort of as it were, you know, um, not so much be I, I mean behind well physical doors if we're talking about manufacturing industries, but you know it's it's sort of out of sight, out of mind, and so it's really important when we're talking about like why do we have such a big problem to first understand what the problem actually is. So um, we're creating a lot of waste um, in all in 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 all kinds of sectors. Now, what do we, why do we have such a big waste problem? Uh, well, um, we have, Canada uh, has some of the uh, least restrictive um, mining oil and gas regulations in the world. And this makes Canada a really, really um, inviting place for uh, mining companies. And uh, so Canadian mining companies uh, are not just mining in Canada, but they're mining all over the world. And so we get, you know, we get industries that find Canada very attractive because we um, we're, we're very inviting to to industries and we have a lot of um, a lot of uh, regulations and policies that really favor industries. In terms of our municipal solid waste, well, it's 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 a cup, it's a number of things. One, um, we we produce a lot of this waste. So a lot of the waste in municipal solid waste actually actually occurs before we ever see the product. So in a lot of cases, the waste that the the, the real uh, waste footprint has actually occurred before we ever get a product in our hands, whether it's a pen or whether it's a, a bunch of bananas or whatever. A lot of that waste is already being produced. Now we don't see that waste, so we don't we don't really think about it. What we what we're focused on um, as everyday everyday people is that is the waste that we are putting in our own trash cans uh, that we're putting in recycling that we're putting in the compost etc. And we have a lot of that waste because we are uh, huge consumers. Canadians are uh, leading consumers uh, worldwide. So um, we uh, we like to consume things. <laughs> we like to buy things. And when we buy things, we waste things. 
So, um, you know, in terms of that municipal solid waste, we, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we just are consuming more and more. And this means that we are producing more and more waste. Right. Now, it seems as though there's a lot of uh, what I would phrase hidden waste. Waste that yes. you don't see, like you were mentioning, behind the closed door waste. And it's mm-hmm. waste that you aren't able to confront or see visually. So it's almost as though the human social construct won't acknowledge that waste. Have you explored this area or is this uh, an area where research has been done that you can expand on a bit further for us? Yes, absolutely. Well, the, the, the idiom of sort of out of sight, out of mind is, is very uh, apt. It's very applicable to, to garbage and waste because the real story of garbage um, there, there's a lot more to the story than than the waste that we, you know, the garbage that we encounter. And so part of that story is that a lot of the garbage actually occurs before we ever get the product. Another part of that story is that really for 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 a few generations now, um, certainly when I was when I was growing up and, and my own children are, have been um really given the same, uh, a very similar form of education, that the way, the best way for us to deal with our garbage is to recycle it. And there is really consistent research that's been around for quite some time that really demonstrates that recycling um, is not the solution that it's been uh, that we've been told that it mm-hmm. is so, and and it's important to to note that recycling really became popular um, when. Um, the waste management industry, as well as uh, big corporations like Coca-Cola, etc., really um, advertised recycling as being a really good environmental solution to to our garbage. What what we know now from really consistent research, not just in Canada but throughout the world, is that recycling itself has a has a can have a really uh, big environmental cost. And depending on what depending on what the the material is that we're talking about, whether it's paper or plastics, etc. Um, the recycling can actually do more environmental harm really? than yes, than putting that that same material in, for instance, uh, a well-engineered landfill. So it's one of the sort of um, it's what the it's what civil engineers call uh, a dirty little secret. Wow! Now that really surprised me. So much of the emphasis is put on the individual habits rather than the impacts of industries. I guess the waste crisis is a lot more political than I had ever thought. What needs to happen for the situation to even change? The producers of all of these uh, materials, all of this, for instance, packaging, packaging accounts for a huge amount, a huge proportion of the garbage that we are throwing out is actually packaging. And we don't want, I, when I buy something, I'm not buying the packaging, I'm buying the thing that's inside it that I have to, you know, cut through several layers of plastic to get to the tiny thing that I actually want. Um, and and so we, we need a lot more um, extended producer responsibility. Germany really leads the way here. They have a really uh, a very forceful um, uh, program that they've introduced whereby producers have to take 100% responsibility for all of the packaging that they produce. This includes Amazon. Wow. 
Yes. That's remarkable. <laughs> yes. So so it's we, we, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We have some really excellent examples and we've got some very enthusiastic uh, people and we've got some very enthusiastic organizations, etc. We, we, we have some really excellent examples in Canada, but also abroad that we can use to, uh, you know, get them into our communities and really and really turn this around so that we really are that we're accepting less garbage and we're producing less garbage. From what we've heard, it appears the blame game really needs to stop. Change needs to happen today if we want to have a sustainable future. It is clear that it is not about the plastic straws or even reusable coffee cup. It is about taking responsibility from the top down led by consumer influence. We want and need better for our planet and use our voice in the process. We heard from Mac, we heard from Christine, and we've heard from Dr. Hurd. They all had clear messages about the garbage situation and its impact on our environment. It is clear we are all part of the problem, from politics to industry, down to the individual behavior of the consumer and individuals. The good news is we have a voice and we can take action. We have influence and we can use it. Let's work together to find a common solution. I invite you to take a few moments to open the reflection guide to dive deeper into this topic to engage with sustainability in your own way. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on our next episode. This podcast was brought to you by the Long Point Biosphere Region, funded by the Ontario Trillium Foundation and the Government of Ontario, produced by Work Cabin Creative, and researched by Amélie Chanda make sure to download our reflection guide found in the show notes. And for more information about the Long Point Biosphere, please visit longpointbiosphere.com. Make an impact, donate, become a member, or volunteer with the Long Point Biosphere.